I'm going to talk about automation. Although I've been talking about automation for at least 75 years. And in the early days it was quite different. But our conversation about automation has been updated continuously. So when we present automation, we're presenting it from the Venus Project's point of view. Any other system is irrelevant. So you have to listen carefully and understand how we mean automation and how we mean to use it. When I think in terms of automation, I think of it in terms of a holistic system, not some industrial plant turning out automobiles or vacuum cleaners automatically. I'm thinking of it in terms of a global coordinated system. If you think of it in any other terms, it has nothing to do with the Venus Project. So what I would suggest is that you listen to this tape several times before you project your own values into it. And if and when you project your own values into it, say, these are my concerns. Again, you're getting an interpretation of the Venus Project application of automation. No other system is parallel. So it won't do if you think in terms of automation in the conventional sense. So here we go. There are millions of people today that are standing in stores waiting for customers to come in. They are non-productive when they stand in the store hoping someone will come in and buy something. It has nothing to do with the development of an individual. We do not concern ourselves with that. People standing in a store, all they do is wait for a customer to pick some object up and purchase that object. When I use the term automation, all simple jobs like that can be easily automated. We at the Venus Project consider the average person's job as boring, uninteresting, and repetitive. We think that all jobs that have repetition can be easily automated. This is not a takeover by machines. I repeat that again. This is not a takeover by machines. It is machines that have surpassed human performance in certain areas and they are assigned to carry out production in areas that humans cannot such as Doppler radar, can give us the height of an airplane much more accurately than a human being can. So if you understand what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the millions of people sitting down discussing things all day long that should have been discussed many years ago, and they cannot discuss it because they have too little information on the subject. In the future, there are many retirees that sit around discussing everything under the sun in terms of their own value system, which would be gibberish from the point of view of the Venus Project. So in order for you to understand this better, you have to take a physical object that you know of, such as 
Tevis Cane, which is a swimming place where people go weekends to swim. And it's jammed Saturday and Sunday with people. During the week, there's very few people there. Instead of building more freeways that lead out there and bridges, what we do is have one-seventh of the population off every day of the week, so it's never crowded. All your holidays, Saturday, Sunday, are all made up by people. They have nothing to do with the physical world. Therefore, if you want a world that works without prejudice, bigotry, stupidity, and repetition, and myth, you have to change the values that are no longer relevant. If we fail to do that, we will repeat the same mistakes over and over again. If you don't want your freeways jammed, just picture the same thing, one-seventh of the population every day, off every day. Your freeways will not be jammed as long as you use automobiles. Later on, we will use a national system of transportation to move people with a minimum expenditure of energy, the minimum amount of people, with a minimum amount of fuel consumption, electrical in nature. If you do that, you can conserve millions of tons of energy. You can save a lot of lives from being lost on the freeway. If you fail to do that, you'll have the same problems. Why should you do what I suggest? I do not suggest that you do it but that you point out the shortcomings and show where it may not work or how it can be improved. This will add greatly to the future. If you design your beaches differently than they are today, with projections sticking out every several hundred feet, where the beach looks like a U-shaped continuation, where the lifeguard is stationed in the middle of the beach, you don't have to waste all that space for beaches. In other words, you have to plan the whole system on a global scale. If you have cooking facilities in every home, you're really wasting production. You should have restaurants where all kinds of food are prepared and you pick the kind of food you want. This is better than millions of people making bacon and eggs every morning. The Venus Project is an invasion of the old values. It's taking myths, values, habits, traditions that are no longer relevant and bypassing them. Like I said, you can take time out and wait till people evolve to this point of view. If you do that, the death rate will be much higher the energy consumed will be much higher. So, if you base most of your decisions on energy determinants, now all those decisions that we make are in a constant state of innovation. They're not fixed. If I tell you this is how we're going to operate our beaches, it only means with what we know up to now. With constant innovation and change, the people will be updated no one will sit around in hotels discussing any subject under the sun that comes to them. They will be sitting in front of an information screen that updates people continuously. And what they'll be discussing is updated information in all areas. 
there are people that are more qualified than others and they will take over the discussion. If the discussion falls short of the necessary information, the mechanism that delivers the information will interrupt and recommend an approach to the problem or method of discussing the problem. There are thousands and thousands of vending machines that give you canned fruit juices, sandwiches, all kinds of things. Most of those vending machines will be improved and together they can provide for whatever people want in the interim without any coins or money. They'll be able to access food and there'll be places for dispensing food, surplus food that hasn't been eaten. That food will be reprocessed and fed to other animals. Surplus food of all restaurants, all food production systems. All food production will be based upon nutritional needs and the taste of the food will be selected by the basis of human preference. So food will taste like what you want it to taste like. Uh, decision making will be made by what the majority selects. That's the actual way they vote. What they select is what they're voting for. If you produce all kinds of food and make it available, it's what people select that determines what is manufactured. Of course, based upon nutritional values, health and other things. If people tend to move in a direction that's detrimental to their well-being, then there's interference that is information has changed and the information is delivered to people. If for some reason or other they are unable to assimilate that information, meaning by the decisions they make, that tells us they're not able to assimilate the information. It's not a judgmental thing. If they fail to assimilate and select food that's not good for them, then it means that another system has to be introduced to let them know when they're going off in a, in a direction that is not promotional to their health. So in other words, it's not a dictatorship. What it is, is a constant measurement of values. For example, if people fail to use life preservers, if they fail to do that, there will be more accidents. So what we have to do is inform people and the, the methods of informing people is evaluated in terms of how many life preservers they use, not just the method put out there hoping people will use it. In other words, always statistical data to determine the effectiveness of information put out. Getting back now to information again. When you think of the millions of people going to work every day, doing things that can be easily automated because they're simple tasks, you consider that uh, machines replacing people or taking over, that's some projection by people that are not familiar with the Venus Project. We do not use machines in sophisticated tasks. We use people until machines evolve. When I use the term evolve, when people cannot tell the difference between machine performance and human performance, it means that the task is equal to human systems. Not until that day. When you generate an image 
on TV, if the image is completely artificial and people cannot tell the difference, then that image will be used. Only when they cannot tell the difference. I want to say this time and time again. Machines have no ambition. Machines do not want to take over or control people. These are human projections or projecting your own values into machines. Machines do a job, the job they're programmed to do. Unless the programming is, is a new installation of flexible programming that can accommodate change as it occurs, you don't need to have reprogramming all the time. If you know what programming means, it means updating machines or giving machines the ability to update their own programs in relation to new findings or events. There's always people coming up to me saying, who's going to program machines? Nobody programs machines. Machines are connected to the events. If the events are improved, the machines make a change. If they fail to make those changes, they're redesigned until they can make those changes. In other words, uh, they used to be policemen. They used to blow a whistle and stop traffic. 90% of them are gone, except in primitive societies when technology is new. You say, well, what about the nations that don't want to use technology? We find that most, most nations that are not technical have adopted the cell phone. And if you adopt a cell phone, you have to have service. In order to have service, you have to train people to service cell phones. In order to do that, they have to understand electronics. So the nations that are unable to make the changes will be bypassed. We cannot force change on the people using military systems or, or a document which says that this is the new laws. There are no laws that are made by man except information that's put out there. And if the information does not function, it's altered. Who decides how well a system functions? By how well the system works. That's the only criteria. How well does the system work? If it fails to work, it will not solve problems. Therefore, if you do not understand that, let's picture a modern airport today. They have radar spinning, so it shows you the position of every airplane coming in. If an airplane reports that it has a problem, it's out of fuel, or an engine cut out, it's given priority by people. In the future, it'll be given priority automatically. All other planes will be told to hold their position until further notice. They'll be given specific directions until that plane that's in trouble lands and the people get out securely. Then the information is modified. It's not Fresco or any group of people sitting there making decisions. People say to me, well, you're trying to automate things. You don't seem to have a place for people. It isn't that I don't have a place for people that people don't have a place to function. If people are surpassed by automation, then they can't function properly. And that's the only time when machines take over. 
In other words, they used to have a person counting automobiles as they went out to a, to a private beach or place. person would count them. Now they have what looks like a rubber tube across the highway. As the cars drive over it, it counts them automatically and far more accurately than any human being. So we will use automatic counting devices unless you come up with something new that's faster and better. It isn't that machines are taking over again. Only if their performance exceeds that of a human being will it be used as an extensional device. So the fear that machines are taking over is a projection. Before you try to even understand what the Venus Project's concepts are of automation, you better look into it because you can discuss automation till you're blue in the face using present-day frames of reference which are obsolete and do not correspond with the direction of the Venus Project. If you want to know what systems will endure into the future, those systems that work, those that do not work too well and have unresolved problems will be worked on until those problems are resolved. In the meantime, no change will be made until those problems are resolved. Now, when I use the term automation, what if the machine fails? That's a valid question. That means redundancy must be used. So in case of failure, the program can be continued. Now, if one of the major systems break down, others have to be equipped to take over that function. In other words, the military has what we call contingency plans. If the enemy invades a new area or they send guided missiles in, the army changes its approach. So you have to have as many contingencies as you can imagine, such as earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, tornadoes, all kinds of interference factors. Those that you leave out will leave unresolved problems. So, can you handle all problems? To the extent that you can will determine the validity of a system. Can you go over the meaning of a global systems approach? Whatever works in a given area, when applied in different areas with different stages of social development, each system has to accommodate that level of technological development or lack of it. So each system will be designed to fit the circumstances of each area. If you go to a primitive development that is a less developed technology, the system has to be designed within the value system of that area and updated as rapidly and as feasible as possible. That's the only way. If you don't check with the Venus Project, you're going to have all kinds of irrelevant discussion. And I'll say 90% of the discussion is irrelevant to the direction of the Venus Project. Now, how do you get it? You come out here on tours, you read our books, you make notes of what you don't understand, and you inquire into how will this or that problem be resolved? How will it be handled? What are the problems that you can't handle? Then what? 
In other words, uh, you have to question things, but not project your own answers in there, unless you have a newer way of doing things that's simplified and more efficient. In other words, what I'm doing is immediately taking away millions of people from performances that do not count, such as storekeepers, vendors, cashiers, all of that can be automated. And so you say, is there enough material to go around? There's by far more than enough material to go around if we use the Venus Project proposals of social operation. That all the anonymous jobs will be automated. That all vending machines will vend whatever it is people need. And all people that are non-productive will go back to school because they're, they're educated to understand that if they perform a useful task to society, they themselves will benefit, so will everyone else. And a useful task is that which enables society to function well. A useful task is how well a system works. No matter what I advocate, if the system does not work, it would not be a useful task. In other words, instead of you going in every month to have your eyes checked, your eyes will be checked on the job by what you're doing. The automated system of your job will check your visual and recommend that you go in for examination. You don't have to be checked out by an optometrist or ophthalmist. What you do, your job will have a built-in system that scans you and maintains your health just as the health department does, has the same equipment, only it doesn't look that way, it looks like part of your job. If you have fainting spells, all that is picked up. But medicine, doctors are not people who create automatic diagnostic machines. They work in conjunction with engineers, electronics experts, and tell them what it is that they need. And the engineers of the future will be medical engineering, which devise mechanisms to tell how well your eyes are working, how stable your system is, whether the semicircular canal is infected, all of those things. If you cannot define those terms, you can't build the civilization I'm talking about. And people say to me, what about the unknown? Well, if it's unknown, you can't deal with it. You can only deal with known things. Guy says, what if there's an invasion from Mars? Well, now you can bring up all kinds of crap. What if the Earth splits in half? Then what? Then you live on the one half and the other people live on the other half. <laughs> it's ridiculous concepts. You're dealing with sick people with a value system that's completely irrelevant. Remember this. Saturday, Sunday, Monday are man-made days. They have nothing to do with the world of reality. You know, have a nice weekend has nothing to do with having a nice weekend. Controlling the weather is what you really want. Well, how do you do that? Then you go back to school and study meteorology, the weather and the prime effectors of weather. Studying that will not give you weather control, but it will bring you closer to weather control. The more you know about the weather, 
the more influence you'll have on safety and other factors. If you know nothing about a subject, you can only add verbal gibberish to the conversation. And most normal people engage in verbal gibberish. Sorry to say that. I wish it were different. Now, it seems that the oceans have a lot of resources we've never tapped. And that's, uh, there are material resources that are subject to combustion when raised from the bottom of the sea and exposed to air. They burst into flames. So there are many materials in the ocean which are edible. And if there's a shortage of food, there's no reason why we can't take grass, cut it up and mix it in with the food and find other sources of protein than those that are limited. In other words, there's no all-out research on substitute foods, to my knowledge. No all-out research by all nations. Once that occurs, there'll be no shortage of anything. As long as you have politicians, you have people in high positions that are full with gibberish, have nothing to say, cannot alter the world in one iota because they know nothing about it. They don't know how to do those things. Now, should they consult with people that do? No. They should be removed and people that do know work in those positions. And they learn to say, I don't know how to solve those problems. These are the problems we don't know how to solve. And they're put out there at every university, every research lab. We don't know how to make synthetic protein. We don't know what the long-term effects would be of it. So before any project is started, we do a negative study of the bad effects of altering the nature of materials. We study the negative effects over as long as it takes to do that. And when a person says, when are you going to install that? We don't have enough information as yet to install it. There are no parasitic professions, meaning professions that do nothing. There's no random conversation. Like if you go in front of a hotel in Miami Beach, you see thousands of people sitting on chairs discussing a lot of things that have no meaning at all. None. But they don't know that. They're innocent. They're victims of a damaged culture. Now a person says, well, why, why does your system have more meaning? That isn't the question. How does your system differ from conventional systems? People do not talk about the weather. They learn how to control it. They learn how to identify it. People don't talk about how they think sailboats work. They talk about how sailboats work. They talk about corrosion of metals in salt water. Then they talk about ways of <coughs> altering the degree of corrosion. Otherwise, they have nothing to say. The person says, I have a boat and it's always corroding and it has it has got barnacles on it. It has all kinds of terrible things. There's nothing in that conversation that helps unless you study anti-corrosive systems. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Right now, right now, people, all the people of a nation do not contribute very much to that nation. Even though they love the nation and will die for it, they really don't know how to contribute to the nation. 
toward the well-being of people and the preservation of the environment. Now that's what I've got to say about automation. I'm going to repeat and close. Do not project your own values into the Venus Project concept of automation. It is related only to the Venus Project. And if you wish to know more about it, consult with the Venus Project and its application of automation to the social system. Will there be entertainment in the future? The future of entertainment will have social consequences, not just entertainment. There can be entertainment that's useful, and there can be entertainment that's gibberish, like most entertainment today, except for very few people that are entertaining and informative. Must everything be informative? To the extent that it's not, you hurt people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure, you can do anything you want to do. You can scrap the Venus Project and use all the old traditions. Then you'll have all the old problems. But if you say you're interested in a world without war, without hunger, without poverty, without all the negative effects of a present-day society, you must change. If you fail to do that, your problems will be related to the areas of failure. You can't build a thatched hut for everybody. Do you think that resource management in a resource-based economy is central and secondary is mechanization? No, they work together. None of those things are secondary. Yeah. In other words, uh, the intelligent management of the Earth's resources mean how much do we have of this material? How fast can we fabricate it? That's done by fabrication engineers. What kind of robotics will you use? Robotics that's relevant to the conditions that exist. We're not going to have robotic trips to Mars, which is irrelevant at this time, unless there's a resource on Mars that we don't have. Now, you'd have to figure out how much energy would it take to bring those resources to the Earth, and how much do we have to expend to make that possible here without going to Mars and bringing it here. That's all done by estimated research capacity. I don't make decisions, no one else does. We know how much arable land we have. And we know that if you keep spraying poisons on the land, you're doing damage to the land as well. But if there's no other method at the time, and they say, we don't know of any other method, and no money is allocated to do research, then you live in a warped system. I think we are in a position to tackle all those problems. I don't see any shortcomings. I see people that are not trained in this method. But I do see the research labs training people to serve as aids in research. In other words, if I say you prepare the microscope for a hundred different samples, you know nothing about the theory of food or nutrition, but you do know how to prepare the microscope. 
so people will be trained before they're technically competent to serve routine needs. Do you understand what that means? If you know, in Russia during the war, they did not have the time to train people. Americans trained people on valves on airplane, how to grind a valve. They also teach them the history of valves. The old valves, the new valves, the carbon deposits. In Russia, they just trained a person how to remove the valves, how to grind them, and put them back. That's all they knew how to do. They knew no theory of valves, where it came from, who invented it. They didn't give a shit. They didn't have the time. The Germans were invading Russia, and they didn't have the time to go into the theory of valves, how they were invented, who invented it. All that's nice if you got the time. Otherwise, it's a waste of resources. If you just teach people how to give people injections, against scarlet fever, and they're expert at it. They know just where to look and just how to use it. That's all you want of them. They don't do anything else. They don't make any other decisions if you have a shortage. Do you know what that means? If you have a shortage, they used carpenters in World War I to rig airplanes, brace them and all that, because all they were given is an assignment they did not go off on their own. And their test was how well they followed the assignment. If they did not follow it, they did not qualify. You understand what that means? Now, if you examine policemen and all other professions, they do not follow an assignment. They have no specific assignment. They can vary considerably. They can beat up a suspect, they can mistreat a person, they can be racist. None of that would be manifest. When you take the profit out and people are conditioned to update people, bring out maximum performance in people, that's all they study. And automation in medicine, they have all kinds of instruments today they hook up to you. Medicine, go to a modern hospital, you see all kinds of instruments that are assisting doctors because the doctor doesn't have to sit there. He comes back later and looks at the instrument. That gives his blood pressure, his physical condition, uh, and if it doesn't, the doctor makes a note and say, check out his hemoglobin. You understand what I mean? Now, in the future, all things essential to that condition will be checked out by the head diagnostician. And things will be automated in terms of their accuracy. They will have to check it. But if I make a machine that measures blood pressure, I want to sell that machine. I don't hire a group to tell me what's wrong with my machine. Some outside group says, that machine was used in 50 hospitals. It's only 40% effective. That's the people that use that. But in the future, you have to have negative studies of every machine. Do you know what that means? So no one can peddle anything. And that group has no connection with the machine except its performance. They check brakes, how well they work, how they don't work, how lighting systems work. Do they illuminate the highway? Don't they? That's all you do.
There is no business opportunities. There is no sales pitch. Believe me, this lighting system is the best for schools. Now they use a lighting system and find out whether children are affected by the lighting system. Is it too much ultraviolet? Does it harm the eye? All kinds of studies, not just lighting. A nation without a vision of what the future can be will perish. That's nothing to do with me. A nation that doesn't believe in vaccination will have more dead people from pneumonia. Is it perfect? No. But it's better than what they had before that. So systems can only be selected on the basis of how well the system works. You know what that means? How well does the system work? If it doesn't work, it won't be used. But you have an end goal of what a no, global, I don't. global city it's always changing. global systems approach is? No. It varies with the culture. I don't mean a fixed end goal, but I mean... Transition. We have transitions and they vary as much as civilizations do. If the Spanish people like tile roofs, if they, they will never exceed their population need for housing. Well, what is your definition of a global total systems approach? Because you use that in your Use writing. the best methods we have to reach people that are difficult to reach. The best system we have is all we can use. Towards a resource-based economy. To, and that, that's our end goal. If people agree, there'll be a lot of people that will not agree with that and they will die out or they'll join us later. You can't take people like your mother, your brother, and bring them around. They would have to become victims and identify with it. So, what if all the things I say are wrong? That'll be found out during the transition. Do you understand that? Nobody can get up and advocate a direction that doesn't work because there have been constant checks and balances. So if I make, say, predictions that are erroneous, I will be moved out of that position, which is good. Do you understand? I say if you face, sleep with your feet facing the north, you'll have better health. We check it out. If the health is no better, we say sleep any way you want to. We don't know. Because a lot of people believe a lot of things, sincerely, that have no basis whatsoever. And in order to track that down, you can say, we have found no evidence to support that. And there's another group says, well, we have. And they'll go off on their own, do their own thing. And if they prove right, the other system will be challenged. But you can't outlaw any system. You can check it out as best you can. That's all you can do. I know that uh, during World War I, if a pilot survived an airplane crash and say he didn't break his legs, they put him in an airplane right away as to take off and fly around. If he sits around in the hospital, he goes through what they call 
aeroneurosis, like the guys trapped in the mine had to hold back their feelings about, hey, I may die in three or four days if they can't drill a hole. They hold all that back until they're brought back. Then the neurosis sets in unless you put them in the mine right away. Unless you deal with the problem right away. Don't give them a chance for a neurosis to set in. If you're in a terrible accident with three of your kids are killed and you're badly injured, the days in the hospital develop the neurosis. Unless you walk around and you make wheelchairs for other people, if you're busy doing your things, the neurosis does not set in that fast. So in order to avoid that kind of condition, they put them in an airplane right away, take them up and fly through maneuvers. They give them assignments right away. The more you know about it, the more you can answer. You can also say that I'm not qualified to make certain observations, but there are people that are better qualified than I am. You can say that. Do you find it necessary to go into the detail that that kid was trying to lay out in terms of you, you go someplace, you want something, you, you give it to I don't even theory. bother with that because I can run into as many different values as there are people. Yeah, okay. You'd be wrestling with all kinds yeah. of shit. What if I want a pet elephant? Can I have it? Are you capable of carrying the shit away of the elephant? Physically, no. Then you need somebody and you can't deal with all the things that people ask. You're dealing with a thing called the Venus Project. And when you sell vacuum cleaners, you're dealing with vacuum cleaners. When you sell helicopters, you're dealing with helicopters. Not what if a farmer doesn't want a helicopter, so you have to have one. You don't deal with that. It's irrelevant. But there are agricultural people that can fly over many fields and tell you which are growing well, which aren't. Now when I say Roxanne can hear a germ fart, I mean her hearing is exceptional. But instead of Roxanne, there'll be hearing devices that can hear better than Roxanne, let us know noise level in a given area. And people get better in a hospital with no low noise level or watching TV, we'll have TV, whatever it is. But uh, the people conditioned to the old cowboy stuff are being surpassed. I think the kids today seem to like Star Trek as compared to cowboys and Indians. I think that's happening. But there are people that can tell us what's happening. You know, a glass of beer never hurt anybody, it loosens people up. Well, maybe someday they'll work on beer that loosens you up that doesn't hurt you. Uh, I'm pretty hard. I, I'm just writing the hard line of the Venus Project. I'm not getting into elaborate sunny day in May to convince people. I think we can generate sounds under the water to keep sharks away from people. And or any detrimental fisting rays, we can generate certain types of conditions in the water so stingrays do not bother people. 
That's where the research would be. Instead of saying 4,000 people were stunned this week, the research lab is given an assignment. And their assignments are published rapidly. And if there are any contradictions, please write them in. Let us know what's not working. The Venus Project does not claim omnipotence. You know what that means? Know-it-all. But there are certain things that can be assimilated. I just made a lot of drawings here of different types of cities. Um, what city will be used depends on where it's at. The terrain, the weather, everything else. There are certain cities that be close to standard. That would depend on the civilization it's designed for. You know, when people say, uh, well, all the machines look alike, automobiles do look alike, all Chevys look like Chevys, all Rolls Royces look like Rolls Royces, all people have two eyes, they could have one eye here, one eye there, one eye, and be different. But if the work system works, there's nothing the matter with looking alike. If everybody looked alike, if everybody had good teeth that didn't subject, were not subject to decay, if everybody had clean skin with no pimples, be nothing wrong with that. It's not looking alike, it's what's in here, how much you know. So people, uh, people will be proportioned in the future to be able to get around. There'll be very few heavy people because the diet will be designed so they don't carry surplus weight. Has nothing to do with the preference of the individual. You understand that? Who determines what the ideal proportions are? Your performance. How many colds you come down with a year? Your vision? your ability to sustain yourself, those determine what methods are used. Not, not a single person. The evaluation committee is a committee that does tests, but in the future, whatever the committee does can be done by machine, I'm sure. Machines can check your vision, call out the lettering you see on the wall, A, G, B, D, and if you fail, the, the, the prescription for the glasses depends on how well you call. But when it comes to examining the eye, there's a mechanism, they light, that you follow finger movements, in the future you'll follow a dot with your eyes. It's the same thing that the doctor says, follow my finger. You know what I mean? He's looking to see whether the eyes do not move up at that angle. So whatever a man does can be simulated. Except machines don't feel good. Well, if they do a hundred people a day and none machine does thirty people a day, it doesn't feel bad. That's the major difference. Machines do not feel. And to give them feeling would serve no useful purpose. 